as years have gone on after those surgeries, I just wanted to start kind of fine tuning the results and keep moving towards like a totally normal face, which really that's never going to happen for me. Normal meaning there's absolutely zero evidence that I've ever had anything happen. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, business mentor, social media and sales expert, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to build the lives and businesses of their dreams. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life you love right now. We are also talking all things entrepreneurship and personal development, including wellness, social media, confidence, sales, business strategy, mindset, wealth building, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm super excited for this episode because I recently got some Botox and fillers done and I shared all about it on my Instagram stories and you guys had a lot of questions, a lot of feedback. A lot of y'all just said thank you so much for being transparent about it and like not waiting till everything was healed to show us what your face looked like and stuff. So I also asked, do you guys want a longer podcast episode? Do you want to hear more about this and kind of get nitty gritty details about my experience, um, my opinions, and hear more about my plastic surgery history, and then also my newer experience with like Botox and fillers. So that is what we're going to do today. You guys know I always keep it real, so I will be telling you everything that I have ever done to my face, (laughs) and I have absolutely no shame. I feel like I have experienced and shifted into many different perspectives when it comes to like elective and aesthetic procedures. I've had reconstructive plastic surgery numerous times. I've had injectables and I've also considered elective plastic surgery once upon a time and then decided against it. So in this episode, I'm just going to share my experiences with each of them, tell a bit more of my story as well as why I even needed reconstructive work done just because I feel like that kind of context is helpful and then also give my advice on how to know if you should move forward with any modifications you're thinking about making to your appearance. And I know this is kind of different content than what we normally talk about on this show because we are very much about like hitting our goals and strategy and planning and mindset. But I just got so many questions and so many people curious about this on Instagram that I thought it should get a spot on the podcast. And the by far main demographic of the show is millennial ambitious women who are likely getting to the point where they're interested in fillers or they're curious about Botox. So I hope you like it. I would love to hear from you either now if you screenshot and add it to your Instagram store, if you leave us a review, I would love to hear if you want kind of more stuff like this. But I want to get right to the good stuff. I'm just going to give you first to kick off a comprehensive list of everything I have had done. Okay, are you ready? Number one, I have gotten fat transfer surgeries, transferring fat to my face three times. I will explain more about that. I have gotten a cartilage transplant to my nose one time. 
I have had filler injected into my forehead and nose to accomplish similar things as well. I have had several rounds of lip filler. I've had several rounds of PRP injections, which is plasma-rich platelet injections. It's more of a therapy than a like aesthetic procedure, but people do do it for aesthetic benefits. I've had now forehead Botox. I've now had under eye filler and I've also now had a frame filler, which is filling in the fat pad above your eye. And for me specifically, I just did that above my right eye. And I'll explain why on that in a bit later as well. And once upon a time, I also considered getting breast implants. More on that and why I decided not to do it later. We have we have some other stuff to cover in the meantime, but I promise it'll all come full circle. So more than half of the things I've had done and all the invasive surgeries, which were the fat transfers and cartilage transplant, have been for reconstructive purposes as well as several of the injections. And I don't talk about this part of my story a lot or like why I needed reconstructive stuff because it's never something I've wanted to lead with, but it's important in this context and it's also part of me, obviously. So here's the long story short of why I've had reconstructive work done. When I was little, maybe like five years old, my parents noticed that I was getting these patches of discoloration and changes in my skin texture on my forehead and they started looking for answers. Eventually, those areas that had been discoloring also started to become like visibly depressed as in that part of my face was lower than the others. It was kind of indented. The skin was getting really thin and tight and hard and I was visibly losing like soft tissue and in some cases cartilage or bone in those areas. And at that point, my disease was even more rare than it is today. So we really struggled for a while to get a diagnosis. I even got misdiagnosed and had like some very counterproductive laser surgeries and stuff done for, I want to say roughly a year. I was very young, obviously, when this all started. So I don't remember the exact timeline, but for quite some time, we could not get an accurate diagnosis. Eventually, I did get properly diagnosed with linear scleroderma and Kudasab at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, which was a huge relief. That was when I was in the first grade and it was amazing because my doctor knew exactly what it was within 30 seconds of walking into the exam room. Like that was an answer to our prayers. And as soon as we figured out what it actually was, it was linear scleroderma and Kudasab. If you want to Google that, it's linear. And then scleroderma is S-C-L-E-R-O derma, D-E-R-M-A. And Kudasab is E-N- C-O-U-P, day, sob, S-A-B-R-E. And Kudasab is a French word or a French term. And it means basically to be like hit with a saber or to be struck with a saber or something like that because basically the disease travels linearly. So for me, it started at the top of my head and then traveled all the way down my forehead, down my nose, over my mouth, and then to my jawline. So it travels in a line. And it was, again, such a relief to get diagnosed, but then that started the long road of getting treated for it and getting the disease to basically go into remission. The treatment still to this day most popularly is going on a low-dose chemo medication for multiple years to suppress the immune system because 
it is a disease that is related to having an overactive immune system. So I was on low-dose chemotherapy medication for multiple, multiple years. Having a suppressed immune system as a kid is definitely not fun. Thankfully, I didn't lose my hair or anything, but I was sick a lot and I just couldn't live like a normal kid. I also had tons and tons of like checkups and blood tests. We really had to monitor things closely because obviously those kinds of drugs are very hard on your body. And eventually the disease was successfully burned out as it's called and basically went into like remission. It has stayed in remission since then, since I was in like elementary school. And I'm super, super grateful for that. But back then, the most noticeable part of the disease was that it looked like I had like this big bruise down my forehead, like in the center of my forehead. But I also had and still have like an indentation and a bald spot on the top of my head. I have like a slight bruise kind of look on the side of my forehead. And it also notched my eyebrow, meaning like part of my eyebrow just doesn't grow. I've since gotten microblading to kind of fill that in, but you might still notice it. My nose, my nostril kind of got disintegrated almost and was notched previous to getting the cartilage transplant. There's a little bit of discoloration on my jaw. And then I've also had to have surgery to repair my gum line because it caused my gum line to recede on that side of my face as well. So lots of different impacts from this disease. And a lot of it was very visible. And as a kid, I got a lot of stares. I got a lot of rude questions from adults even like people at the grocery store or whatever asking me like, oh, did you fall off your bike? Or, oh, you have some dirt on your face. Like, let me help you. Or my favorite was what happened to your face? And that was difficult, like just going in public and knowing that like people were always noticing that something was wrong with me and they were wondering what happened. And I also got bullied quite a bit by other kids, as you can imagine. And that was obviously very, very difficult. It was very hard on my self-esteem. It was very hard to like put myself out there and get into, you know, situations where I was vulnerable and stuff. So safe to say it's pretty cool that I have a job that I'm constantly like on camera and stuff now. Little Marie like never would have thought that that was possible but here we are. <laughs> but anyway, I was extremely excited once I was finally old enough to start getting reconstructive work done on my face. So my doctors all recommended that I waited until I was all the way through puberty, number one, because then your odds of the disease recurring become lower. And also because then, you know, I've kind of settled into like my face shape and my bone structure and stuff. So my first reconstructive surgery was freshman year of high school. And then I had two additional rounds of that same surgery while I was still in high school. And these were like actual surgeries where you go under general anesthesia and like everything like that. They were outpatient though. And basically the process of the surgeries was that they took fat from my stomach, like my lower stomach and my sides. And then they kind of like strained it down almost, made it super smooth and super fine, and then re-injected it and shaped it into the low areas of my face to like make my face one plane, like make it into the the shape that it was supposed to be, specifically my forehead. And then the last round of surgery that I did for that, they took a piece of cartilage out of my ear and used that to reshape my nostril. So that's pretty wild. I have my ear in my nose now. <laughs> and again, those were like full-on reconstructive surgeries. Recovery for them was not fun. I did them like 
consecutive Christmas breaks for three years. And, you know, that's not very chill. And I also would have to like take time off of volleyball and stuff, which sucked. But I also felt so much more confident in my appearance. And I felt almost normal, like by the third surgery, like I could look in the mirror and see me instead of just the aftermath of my disease and like all the mean things people had said to me and things like that. I felt like it was no longer my like identifying factor and I feel like I almost look the way that I was meant to look if it hadn't have been for my disease right like I still sometimes wonder like oh what would I even look like if this had never happened and I think that we're getting there we're getting there but these surgeries gave me a lot of perspective on like just how healing changes to your appearance can be and that's why I never judge anyone about what they choose to change about themselves, even if it's like a totally elective procedure, even if it's very invasive or even if there's risk involved, because I have firsthand experienced how healing and how transformative doing that stuff can be if you do it for the right reasons, I guess. And I'm going to kind of explain my philosophy around that in a few minutes. So as years have gone on after those surgeries, I just wanted to start kind of fine tuning the results and keep moving towards like a totally normal face, which really that's never going to happen for me. Normal meaning there's absolutely zero evidence that I've ever had anything happen simply because the color of my skin will never quite be consistent. The texture of my skin will never quite be consistent and things like that. Like my bone structure, literally, I can't change that. But I can fine tune things and I can do some procedures to get closer and closer to normal, which really just means evening out asymmetries, especially in like my lips, my nose, and my forehead that were still present. So in college, I started my first couple sessions of lip filler, got that done a couple of times. I also got a little filler in my nose to basically, I would say like complement the cartilage transplant because that didn't go 100% the way that we wanted. Like the results were not exactly what they said they were going to be, what the doctor said it was going to be. So I have played with putting filler around the cartilage transplant to kind of fine tune how that looks. And then I also have gotten, I've tried forehead filler just in places where the fat transfer was not quite perfect. Eventually I let all of those things just kind of disappear just because I moved away from Minnesota and had yet to find anyone that I really trusted and wanted to go to for this stuff until recently. Four years ago, I also got microblading done to my eyebrows and that was really just to even out that side where it's kind of notched and my hair doesn't grow. And somehow, like I said, it's been like three and a half, four years. Somehow it is still there in that spot I think because that skin is really thin that specific place on my eyebrow is like still microbladed three and a half four years later and once it does fade I will absolutely get it redone because it makes a big difference and then last week I got lip filler I got injections to my a-frame like I said that spot above my right eye so where the fat pad is above my eye that got kind of diminished or lost volume from my disease And we refilled that. And then I also got Botox to minimize the look of the thinner skin. Because basically what happens is where that discoloration happened, where that depression happened, the skin is also much, much thinner. So so when I make facial expressions, like when I raise my eyebrows or when I furrow my eyebrows or anything like that, that skin 
wrinkles and moves a lot more than like my normal skin. And so the textural difference in my forehead is very, very obvious. And so getting Botox basically makes it so that I can't move my forehead as much, which means that difference is less obvious because there's less wrinkling happening. There's less like discrepancy between those two areas of my face. So that's what I had reconstructive wise recently is the lip filler, the A-frame on one side, and then the Botox. And then I also had my first what I would consider like 100% elective thing done, which was under eye filler. And when I say 100% elective, I mean it was like to improve something that wasn't like impacted by my autoimmune disease like everything else had been. It was just like my under eye looks the same on both sides, but it was something that I've been self-conscious about for quite some time. I just have naturally very dark under eyes and I kill the game at skincare. And even, you know, my injector was like, wow, your skin's really beautiful. You must have a really good skincare routine. I was like, thank you. I try so hard. It's Tula, you know, and you can use code Marie for 15% off at Tula.com. But anyway, <laughs> I've done all of the things for my under eyes and really it's just, I do have darker skin there. And also I had the tear troughs were causing shadows. So I got under eye filler. And I went to, because I know people ask, I went to Saving Face here in Austin. They were absolutely amazing. They are known for natural looking injections and Botox, and they also have a laser lounge. I was already planning on fully talking about my experience, at least on Instagram. I didn't expect people to be as interested as they are. So that's why I'm also doing a podcast, but I was going to share my whole experience either way. However, they did once they kind of found out that I had an audience just because we got to talking about what I do for work and stuff, they did offer me a discount, a partial discount on the services. So just for full transparency, it was partially a gifted service, but I would talk about it either way. And I had an absolutely amazing experience with them. So that is just full transparency moment. But that, again, I went to Saving Face here in Austin. They were amazing. Highly, highly recommend them. And what I had done in technical terms was 30 units of Botox in my forehead and between my eyebrows, so like the 11s. I got a filler called Volbella injected into my lips, which is a more like mild kind of thin filler. It's not the most like plump and like intense filler just because really my main concern was evening out the asymmetry. We did inject a little bit kind of all around because who doesn't love like a little bit plumper lips, you know, but my main concern was just evening out asymmetry and then around my eyes. So in my under eye and that one side above my eye, we injected Restylane. So I did not specifically say like, I want Botox over Dysport or I want Volbella over Juvederm or whatever, I didn't go in saying these are the exact fillers that I wanted. I let the pros lead the way and I trusted that they would direct me to like the best options for what my goals are and what we were starting with. And so kind of the process was number one, I got cleared by my specialist for my autoimmune disease. Obviously, a lot of people won't have to do that. But if you do have an autoimmune disease or um, a dermatological issue for any like of any kind, I would get cleared by a specialist before you get stuff done to your face. I did get cleared by mine. I drove all the way to Dallas for it and it was worth it. And then I basically went into my appointment at Saving Face like with my list of grievances, kind of in order of importance. And so I was like, I don't know really how much I'm going to get done today. I definitely want this and this done. This I'm kind of thinking about, but it's not super important. 
but here are all the things that I would love to be different about my face right now. And I kind of let them lead the way. Like they are the pros. I trusted them. They have such amazing like before and afters on their Instagram and stuff. They're known for keeping you looking really natural. And so I just let the pros do what they do best. And we came up with the game plan of what I just told you about as far as Botox, Volbella, Restylane, all of that stuff. So once we kind of decided on everything that I was doing, they gave me my quote for what everything would cost. I said, cool. And then we went ahead and started applying topical numbing cream to all of the areas we'd be working on. And that's pretty standard practice just to do topical numbing. And that definitely does help. Since it's just topical, you will likely still have some feeling, but it does improve the discomfort because I had so many things that we did. Like I I think I counted like six different areas that they were actually injecting. I spent about an hour in the chair getting actively injected. And by the end of that hour, I was very ready to be done. (laughs) I was very, very ready. And mind you, I have had quite invasive procedures done in the past. Like I have quite a high pain tolerance. I'm not bad with needles or anything, but I was just ready to be done. I basically was icing each area before she would inject. So she would say, okay, now we're, we're going to start with like your forehead, which is where we started with the Botox. So I just like was icing my forehead and then she went in and injected where she needed to there. And the ice kind of numbs you a little bit more. And then it also shrinks your blood vessels to help minimize bruising. So we did my forehead and then we moved to all the different fillers and then we went ahead and did between my brows and that was kind of the order. And probably the most common question that I got once I was sharing this on Instagram was how bad did it hurt? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a run through of the pain and kind of how each thing felt and how it did or did not hurt. So Botox was really not bad. It was kind of like a sharp pinch and then it would be over. And Botox itself is not like a thick fluid or a thick thing to inject. So there isn't really a lot of like resistance against it. And you'll likely only need like a handful of pokes to be totally done with the Botox. So Botox is really not bad. However, I think people underplay the pain of lip filler. Like it is not fun. (laughs) I'm just gonna be honest. We did do lidocaine injections to nerve block like around my mouth, which if you've ever had like dental work done, it's very similar to like a Novocaine injection. And that was very uncomfortable. Like the lidocaine injections themselves were pretty not great. But on the plus side, the sides of my lips were totally numb because of that. So like I didn't even feel that the injections that she was doing on the sides of my lips. However, the centers of my lips were not as numb and those hurt pretty bad. And she said that's pretty common, like just to have more feeling still lasting in the center of your lips. And I just, she was really like fine tuning my, the little peaks. I can't remember what they're called, but the little peaks like in the center of my upper lip and stuff. And I just couldn't help but like flinch and my eyes were watering and it was, it was very uncomfortable, but it is tolerable. I just could not wait for it to be over. Like I, and I'm also not looking forward to doing it again. However, it was worth it. Like, I'm glad I did it. And I'm also glad I wasn't like, oh, it's good enough, right? Like, you want them to fine tune it. You want them to perfect it. It's your face. It's worth sticking it out. But like, I could not wait for it to be over. The under eye filler and the A-frame filler 
both of those were not bad. It was kind of just weird because we used a cannula to minimize bruising and the risk of injury. And basically what that means is the needle was inserted a couple inches away in like a safer spot. And then this tiny rubber tube is guided over to where they want to deposit the filler, which is really weird. So for example, for my under eye, the needle was actually poking like the top of my cheekbone. So like in the outer corner of my eye on the top of my cheekbone is where she poked me. And then the little cannula would, she would guide it across into my tear trough and deposit the filler there. And basically the cannula will like weave past the blood vessels without puncturing them. It'll just kind of push them out of the way. So you're minimizing risk of injury, minimizing bruising. I didn't really have any bruising at all, I don't think, in my under eyes. And it's more uncomfortable than painful. Like, I think because that's kind of a cushy place to poke, the needle itself didn't hurt very bad, but it just kind of stays in you. And then you can feel the tube like under your skin kind of wiggling around, which is like not a pleasant sensation. It just feels kind of intrusive. That was more uncomfortable than painful. Again, was looking forward to it being over, but it didn't super suck. All of this stuff I would do again. However, do keep in mind, I have a reasonably high pain tolerance. I've been through some shit and I'm good with needles. So if you're really bad with needles or if you have a really low pain tolerance, please proceed with caution. And then as far as side effects and recovery, that night I was quite uncomfortable around my mouth. I was actually in quite a bit of pain and it was like below my mouth as well. So I think maybe that was from the nerve block. I'm not exactly sure, but icing and taking Tylenol and being propped up on pillows really helped. And then the next day I felt pretty fine. Like I was definitely still a little bit swollen and tender, but that night was really the worst of it. They did give me this CBD and Arnica cream by post love beauty called faded and the owner of saving face it's like her line and she gave that to me and i have definitely noticed that like my bruising and swelling went down really really fast because i was using that topical cream and there was some bruising there was some swelling with my lips but other areas really looked fine but were maybe a little tender the next day and my lips didn't look that crazy you know they say that there's going to be quite a bit of swelling and stuff i probably do still have a bit of swelling but The next day, they just felt super weird because of the swelling. Like, I felt like I couldn't fully move my mouth. I couldn't really, like, smile properly. It was just a very strange feeling. And I felt like they looked super fake because I couldn't move them mostly. And now we're at day four. Everything feels pretty good. Maybe a little tender around my lips, but the bruising is almost gone. And you can feel, like, if I kind of palpate the different areas, you can feel where the filler was injected because it's just a different consistency than your natural tissue, obviously. But any lumps should kind of smooth out within a few days. And I was able to resume like normal activities within 24 hours. It's been fairly easy and my Botox started kicking in overnight going into day three. So really only like 48 hours later, it started kicking in and I'm loving how it looks. It really has made a big difference in just smoothing out my forehead. And then also, like I said, minimizing the like texture difference between my two different areas of my face. Then the last kind of FAQ was around pricing and I can't give you guys a like exact answer of how much 
things are going to cost for you because pricing varies based on location and like the popularity of where you go, you know, supply and demand. But it's usually priced by unit for Botox or by like milliliter or syringe for fillers. So for example, like Saving Face is the most popular place in Austin and it's like highly ranked on a national level. So it was probably more expensive than the vast majority of other places out there. But for me, it was worth the money to go to someone who I like 1000% trusted because it's my face. (laughs) I had no idea I was getting a discount when I chose to go there. For me, I was prepared to pay full price and plus tax plus all the things because I really trusted them. But I did do some research and it looks like Botox is on average like 10 to $15 per unit as a national average. And most people need like about 30 units for just part of their face. So like just your forehead, or if you're doing all around your face, you might need like 60 units. Lip filler on average is, it looks like around 400 to $1,000, but it can be more, especially in big cities like New York City, for example, it's going to be more. And then it also depends on what type of filler you use. Cause again, it's based on how much and type. And then other areas, again, it's just really going to depend on how much filler you need and what type and your injectors rate. So my recommendation, if you're serious about getting anything done is most places will do a free consultation with you. So take advantage of that and they will give you a price estimate before you have to commit to anything. Then you can also meet whoever would be doing it. Make sure you feel comfortable with them. Make sure that like their vision or what they would do is in alignment with what you want. So like take advantage of that free consultation. Some more popular places may require you to commit to like a minimum spend before booking any appointments, but I'm sure you can find that information on the website of wherever you're interested in. And yeah, I find Instagram and Yelp are really good places to look for those things. And last but not least, I wanted to wrap this up with kind of my philosophy around plastic surgery, fillers, Botox, and give you guys a little bit of advice because that was another thing that was highly requested. But my philosophy is really this, do it for you, but also don't expect it to be the solution to all of your problems. So for example, once upon a time, I was still kind of in like the bikini competition bodybuilding world and I almost, I was this close to getting breast implants because I saw so many people getting them and I thought that they looked great and it just became super normalized to be like pretty lean, very lean, but have a large chest to the point that I thought that my body looked weird because it was natural, right? I was pretty lean back then too. So my chest was very small and I thought that my body looked really weird and like disproportionate. In reality, it was just natural. So I started playing with the idea of getting implants and I even went to consultations with like multiple doctors. This was when I lived in Los Angeles, but ultimately I didn't go through with it because I just didn't feel 100% confident that I wanted them or that I would like how they looked. And also there was like very little info about how it could impact my autoimmune diseases. So it felt pretty risky. And I ultimately just never, I like chose my doctor and we had picked out like, here's what we wanted to look like and everything. But I just never booked my actual procedure because I I wasn't all in. And now I'm so glad that I didn't do it because I think that number one, I just would have felt like very top heavy with them. I have a large rib cage. I have broad shoulders. I think my top half of my body would just have felt very large. And also so much information has now come out about breast implant illness. And while not everyone has problems, it does make a lot of sense to me that a permanent like chunk of silicone would not be well received 
by your body, especially around like all of your major organs. We do have an, an episode about breast implant illness in the podcast. I will have my team put it in the episode description, but that episode was done with Carissa Pukas and is a really, really great episode about her experience with breast implant illness if you want more info about that. But anyway, I'm really glad that I didn't go through with it. I think someday it's in the cards where I could get like a lift and a fat transfer done if I ever have kids just to like plump them back up. But I'm pretty content with my average boobs for now. And all in all, between lots of different experiences with both constructive and elective procedures, I can say that they can absolutely make you feel more confident and more you But if you're expecting those changes to solve all of your problems and all of your insecurities, you're going to be very disappointed because there will always be other things that you don't love about yourself. Like this is not the magic solution that you're looking for to make all of your insecurities go away. However, if there's one specific, if you can fully say like, I am confident, I do love myself, but there's this one thing that has bothered me and I would just love for it to be different, then I would say it might be a good fit for you. I also would say to be super honest with yourself on who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. It's super easy to get caught up in the current beauty standards or trends or like what's normalized in the social circles you run in, like for me in the bodybuilding world, but try not to let those influence your decisions, especially if it's like a longer term thing. For example, like lip filler is pretty temporary, whereas breast implants is a a bigger decision by far than implants, way more expensive, way more invasive, way more risky. So take those really seriously. And I encourage you to really go inward and think about who you're doing it for. If you're doing it for the approval of anyone else, if you're doing it so that other people will find you more attractive, or you're doing it for your own self and your own confidence And because you want to look that way versus what's expected or what's a beauty standard. And then on the flip side, don't let other people's opinions stop you from doing what's going to make you happy. Like if you've determined, I want to do this for me, I think this is going to make me feel more confident. This is not about anyone else, but you're letting other people's opinions hold you back from it then I say do what makes you happy. I had a lot of people message me after sharing my experience on Instagram that like they've been wanting to do the same thing, but they're so scared of what other people will think or that specific people in their life are against it. And I say, it's your body. You get to decide what you want to do with it. You have to do what makes you happy. And this goes for everything, but you can't allow other people to call the shots when it comes to your life and your happiness. You only get one of them. So you do you block out the haters. And if you want some juicy, plump lips, you go for it. If you want some Botox, go for it. I think the stigma around wanting to improve your appearance or even if it's cosmetic procedures is super stupid. Like so many people, I would say everyone almost you see on social media that has like big followings has does it even if they don't talk about it. And so many people who you may not even notice get stuff done, but a lot of people just don't talk about it. So you don't realize how common it is. So don't let anyone shame you either into getting stuff done or out of getting stuff done. Really look inward and decide what is going to be best for you. So I hope this was helpful. If you want more visuals of my before and after in terms of like bruising, swelling, all that stuff, I have saved those recaps as highlights on my Instagram profile, at least as of recording. I can't guarantee that they'll be there forever 
forever. But you can always creep on me as well and see if you can sleuth out some differences in my photos and stuff if you're if you're very curious. But I am so grateful that you chose to hang out with me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week. And until then, grind and be grateful, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with me today. I hope you loved this episode. And if you did, please take a moment to share it with someone or pop the screenshot up on your Instagram story and tag me. I especially love when you guys share a little on why you enjoyed the episode so that I can keep making more content that you want to hear. Last but not least, don't forget to hit subscribe and I will see you again next week. Until then, grind and be grateful, my friend.